You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, Broadway fans. Welcome back to another episode of What's Up Broadway. I'm your host, Ayanna Prescott, and today I am back with my co-host, Christian Lewis. Let's get into some Broadway breaking news. On November 25th, Thanksgiving, the broadcast of the Thanksgiving Day Parade on CBS, which airs from 9 a.m. until noon, will feature live performances from cast of Broadway, Chicago, and Waitress. I think I've spoken about this before, Christian, where I've never actually seen the Thanksgiving Day Parade, and I will absolutely watch it this year. Just I, for I you. Just, um, I just can't believe that. I love the parade so much. I think the Broadway performances are like a mini Tony Award. I don't know how you've never seen it before, but I, I you're going to watch it this year and we're going to text about I'm it. I'm going to watch it. <laughs> I'm going to watch it and get back to you. Kinky Boots Tony Award winner Billy Porter has landed a spot on Insider's 100 People Transforming Business, which profiles 100 business leaders across 10 distinct sectors who are innovating, sparking trends, and tackling global challenges. The Broadway veteran has also made a splash on television, winning an Emmy Award for his work on Pose and becoming the first gay Black man to be nominated and win in an in any lead acting category at the Primetime Emmys. Billy Porter is also a Grammy Award winner for his lead vocals on the Kinky Boots cast recording, making him just an Academy Award shy of achieving EGOT status. Holy crap. It'll happen. Let's, <laughs> let's, it'll happen. What, what can we put Billy in? I mean, He's he needs to do like a biopic. Actor. He is, but I feel like he he can do a biopic, and I don't know who yet. But we need to get him his his Oscar, like ASAP. Come on, producers. Let's get this rolling. Also, Caroline or Change is getting a cast recording in December. I know you're excited about this, Christian. Are you? I am so excited. This revival of Carolina Change wasn't my like favorite thing ever, but the vocals I'm obsessed with. I want to be able to listen to Salty Teardrops and Lot's Wife just like mm. on the loop forever. I also just think awesome. I, I want more revivals to get cast recordings. I, I think it's such mm-hmm. a really great way to like memorialize and have a historical record for something. And all us theater nerds love comparing like, oh, I loved the way they reorchestrated that song in the 1992 revival. And so like... I think having more <laughs> cast recordings of revivals 
also with very incredible cast, like this cast of Carolina Change is just like great for the whole theater community. So I'm very excited that they're recording this. Okay, quick question then, now that you brought this up, what was your favorite um, cast recording that was better, of a revival that was better than the original? Oof. This is like, yeah, I mean, I've, I've talked about this nonstop. I'm just obsessed with Daniel Fish's Oklahoma. It's like one of my favorite things ever. Mm. And I also, I feel like I just say this every time we talk about revivals, but the 2015 Kelly O'Hara King and I has a very special place in yes. my heart. And I've gotten into yes. whole Twitter debates with Rob Russo and Jamie Dumont and a lot of other diehard King and I fans that I really prefer the 2015 revival <laughs> recording. How about you? What What's your like hot take revival recording? Oh, for me, it's easily Once on this Island. Easily. The revival oh. blew my mind. The music, so good. Rain is my favorite song of uh, of any cast recording um, and I just think that the revival did justice. Um, the original, great, great music, but the revival just does something like it really punches you in the gut. It makes you feel all of the emotions. And so easily once on this island revival cast recording. I totally agree. I liked once on this island, but it wasn't a show that I like listened to. And after the revival, I have listened to quite a few because that cast their vocal performances were just perfect and i really remember how beautiful and atmospheric that production was every time i listened to it so i'm really thankful for that cast recording so in other news i'm very excited about this because when i'm not doing theater things i study the 19th century so hbo's new limited series the gilded age debuts on january 24th 2022 on the network and the streaming service hbo max so you can see it anywhere this cast is star studded Theater Twitter has been freaking out about this for like months now and the trailer just came out. Oh my God. So the show is set in 1880s New York. It's coming from Julian Fellows and it co-stars two-time Tony Award winners, Christine Baranski and Cynthia Nixon. A slew of additional theater folks populate this series. It has literally everyone. We have Audra McDonald, Nathan Lane, Kelly O'Hara, Donna Murphy, Deborah Monk, Michael Severus, Katie Finneran, Bill Irwin, Celia Keenan-Bolger, we also have Tony nominees, Christine Nielsen, Patrick Page, Douglas Sills, John Douglas Thompson, Carrie Coon, and Danae Benton. Oh my God. I can't tell you the last time I read a list of names that made me scream that many times. <laughs> so good. Cannot wait. So for anyone that doesn't know, the, the nine-part limited series follows Marion Brock, the daughter of a Southern general who, upon being orphaned, moves to New York City to live with her aunts. It's a very, like, new rich, old rich, little right before Titanic moment of a lot of like rich culture class clash in late 19th century New York. It's, I'm so excited. Ayana, did you watch the trailer? I did. And I love a period piece. You know me. I, first of all, thank you for slipping in Titanic wherever you can. But like, <laughs> I love a period piece obsessed with the costume design from that short oh, clip that we received. The costumes. Like, the costumes mind-blowing but also like all those names you just read out i cannot imagine like theater twitter is gonna go absolutely nuts we need to have a what's up broadway maybe screening party theater yes screening watch party, party. Or something like that a watch this, party we like, need to this do is that. not one of those shows that like has a random cameo like this isn't mm -hmm. like audra mcdonald doing 
The Good Fight, I think is the show that she's on. Like, this is basically just a full Broadway cast that decided to do a TV show together. This is Broadway on television. This is a theater event more than it is a TV event. (laughs) They should be, like, screening this at the Long Acre or something. Like, I want everyone to watch this. I can't believe theater people are getting everything we've ever wanted in this year. Like, We've gotten so much. We've gotten film musicals. We've gotten um, <laughs> star-studded cast uh, limited series. We've gotten Tick, Tick, Boom that has endless amounts of appearances. I well, mean, I fully cried at the Sunday sequence in Tick, Tick, Boom, the Sunday diner. I cried. I the cried. diner. Like, did you eat at the Moon Dance before? I did not. I didn't either. And it made me feel a way like I, I should have been a part of that. I know, but anyway. right? So yeah, we just had Tick, Tick, Boom to get us through December. Uh, West Side Story uh, movie is coming out very soon. Uh, Ayanna and I are going to a screening and we are very excited for it. We're going to have our little mm-hmm. popcorn and see our West Side Story moment. And then in <laughs> January, we have the Gilded Age. Like We are just constantly being fed and I am very thankful. <laughs> Um, in a, a not thankful, sad about this piece of news, the Broadway production of Chicken and Biscuits, it's going to resume performances on November 19th at the Circle and the Square. They had a COVID-19 breakthrough case, so they shut down the production for 10 days, which is the safe thing to do. And they were very, very transparent about it, which I appreciated. As previously announced, though, and this is the really tragic part, the show is now going to close on November 28th. The comedy by Doug Lyons, which follows the Jenkins family as they come together for the funeral for their patriarch, opened October 10th after starting previews September 23rd. Ayanna, I know both of us really loved this show. I'm sad Mm -hmm. that it's closing early. I feel like a lot of plays were trying to close in January, which is a very old school when kind of plays of the fall used to close. And now they're kind of all getting pushed to right after Thanksgiving, which means December is going to be a pretty bleak time. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm just, I'm sad about this. I hope this play has more of a life. They've kind of like hinted at some about like tour or regional stuff. I want people to see mm-hmm. this. This is a great show for like community theaters or like even high schools, colleges mm-hmm. to do. It's a play that people are going to love to do. So I hope it has more of a life. Absolutely. I read this morning, um, the Hollywood Reporter just put out a beautiful article that's really touching um, that shows like how hard producers and playwrights and actors and stage managers and literally everyone is coming together to put on the best shows, but the audience is not coming back yet. And it's a little sad that this is happening, but also very much expected. We are still in the midst of a COVID-19 pandemic. As you see, Chicken and Biscuits only closed because of a breakthrough case. So things can likely still happen. I do believe that theater is the safest place to be, but I know that people are worried about coming back. And so I don't know how long it's going to take, how much influence it's going to take to make sure that people come back to the theater. But I'm here to say that I am up to number like 52, 53 shows that I've seen since (laughs) theater has come back. And that's wild. When I saw your tweet about it, I was counting and my numbers up there too. And agreed, like, I get tested a lot because we go to events All the time. and want to be safe. Mm-hmm. I got my uh, booster shot a couple of weeks ago and I was like, 
so excited for that. And now in New York, I'm pretty sure everyone qualifies for their booster shot. So like, I don't know, I feel, I feel pretty safe when I go into a theater because of all Mm -hmm. the checking. So everyone go see shows. It's safe. And really shout out the COVID-19 safety managers at these theaters. They are doing some phenomenal work. They are checking vaccination cards. They are, they have their little paddle of mask up. But if they see you with your mask, like right below their, your nose, they're coming for you. And I really appreciate that. They're doing their best to make sure that theater is safe, not just for the people on stage but also the audience and i really appreciate that yeah they're really on it getting enough credit they're they're really on it when i was at carolina change someone had their mask down and they were like holding a cup of wine and the usher was like you mask up over the nose and the person like (laughs) tapped their wine glass like i don't need to and the usher was like no like sip and put it back up like they're on it literally That's actually what airplanes are doing. And that's why I feel so comfortable flying because the flight attendants are doing the exact same thing. Like take a bite, put your mask right back over. And I appreciate that. Let's get into some show openings and casting announcements. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Roundabout Theater Company production of Trouble in Mind starring LaShawns opened on November 18th at the American Airlines Theater. Here are what some of the critics had to say. Helen Shaw at Vulture said, Trouble in Mind is a sore-hearted farce, a realistic portrait of acting while Black, and potentially a crisp backstage comedy. Ayanna Prescott, me, at Variety (laughs) said, it's in the final moments when the audience is served substance and in-your-face reality. Christian, you, (laughs) said, did they like it? This Broadway premiere is long overdue, but also welcome. Let's talk about Trouble in Mind. First of all, this is LaShawn's first lead role of a play. I can't believe I'm saying that, but nailed it. This is one of those times when like the whole cast is like perfect. Like, my God, Mm -hmm. she was so strong and she's really proven like I can do plays so well. I think it also was really perfect that I, I didn't get to write about this, but I loved the like meta theater element that her character in the show, Willita Mayer, is more known as a singer but it's doing mm-hmm. a play and it felt very true to LaShawn's like, we are used to you singing in a spotlight, but now we're seeing you really holding up space and taking center stage in a play. And she just does it so well. I loved Trouble in Mind so much. This is a play that should have been on Broadway in 1957. It premiered in, I'm sorry, this is a play that was supposed to premiere on Broadway in 1957. Originally was off Broadway in 1955. Producers, told the playwright Alice Childress to tone it down and she wouldn't. And now 
all the over 60 years later, it is here. Thank God it's call outs are still so relevant. I loved this production. It's really something we need right now. And it's such a reminder of like, oh, these issues that we're facing on Broadway right now about like racial equity and unions and sexual harassment. Oh, yeah. People were writing and complaining about this in the 1950s. And it's still not much better now. So like, Broadway, like, take notes, do your job, change, we got to do this. And I think that great on roundabout of like, staging this play after all this time and using it Mm -hmm. to hopefully push Broadway in a good direction. Mm-hmm. I it's mind blowing every time I hear that that this was in 1955 and that she wrote this in the 50s and you're like how apropos of this play to be staged now and it works perfectly that's the crazy thing about it um but it's also like let's really take an internal look at how we are working in the theater industry and I hope that trouble in mind is. Uh, you know, something that helps propel beyond everyone else coming together because we've had a year of putting that mirror up to this industry. But hopefully people seeing it portrayed in Trouble in Mind will make it (laughs) more of an importance um, than it already has been. I know you and me and every single other critic talked about how the show is like timely or prescient or like perfect for the modern moment. I actually cut it for my review because my review was a full a thousand words longer than it was supposed to be. But I originally (laughs) had this paragraph about how I want someone to stage Trouble in Mind, like without period costumes, because like you, if you didn't know, I could have thought that this show took place in 2021 and they were rehearsing a show on Broadway right now. Like it was that timely that other than like incredibly small, references to Montgomery and like a communist McCarthy red scare trial thing that was like literally two lines. It was so topical to today that it didn't even feel like a period piece for most of it other than in the Mm -hmm. costumes. Uh, Good thing you brought up the costume um, because I didn't write this in my review, but I thought it was, it's poignant. Um, I don't know if anyone actually wrote about this. Anytime trouble in mind was staged, like in a, um, regional production they staged the actors wearing not just like period piece costumes but was a stereotypical piece costume so they had like people in a maid costume or a butler costume and um the designer in this piece made sure that these were period pieces, but also affluent black looking um, in the costume design. And so I thought that was of importance. And I don't know if anyone actually wrote about that, but I think um, the costume design direction for this was very brilliant. Um, it's something really important to see. It was. And there's there's actually a very cool discussion of like the racism inherent in uh, costume design in the 50s in the show, mm. because... Mm the two black actresses, Valletta and Millie talk about how they're given these like horrible, shapeless sack dress made outfits and these like racist bandanas. But then the like white actress is told like, Oh, you have this great off the shoulder gown that you're going to look beautiful in. So I, I thought it was cool that they talked about that, but didn't actually like put that on stage. And instead Valletta and Millie come in for rehearsal each day in these like gorgeous outfits. And there's a very like, scene around in particular how beautiful Millie looks and she has this fur coat and this really tailored black mm-hmm. pant skirt suit that like looks so great and affluent like you said and it's important that the costume designer let us see that 
So in some other news, Woolly Mammoth Theater Company's production of Michael R. Jackson's A Strange Loop begins performances November 22nd, which is the day that we're recording, but probably by the time you all listen to this, it will already have started, which is so exciting. Originally scheduled to start in September of 2020, the Pulitzer Prize winning musical was postponed to summer 2021 and then postponed again to fall, pandemic, you all know the drill here. It's scheduled to play in the Washington, D.C. theater through January 2nd, 2022. Kind of a short run, but if you're in or around D.C., go check it out. This is an amazing musical, and I'm sure we're going to be seeing it again. The D.C. production, produced in association with Playwrights Horizons, which is where it premiered in page 73, features original cast members Antoine Hopper as Thought 6, L. Morgan Lee as Thought 1, John Michael Lyles as Thought 3, James Jackson Jr. as Thought 2, John Andrew Morrison as Thought 4, Jason Viasi as Thought 5. Jacquel Spivy joins the cast as Usher, the part which was created off-Broadway by Larry Owens. Amazing cast. Uh, very cool that it's a lot of the original people, but like a new lead. So I'd love to see how that like impacts the dynamic and all that. And uh, in my last little piece of news here, this is a, a plug for Ayana and everyone else, but this is the final week <laughs> to see Dana H. And is this a room? If for some reason you have not listened to me constantly like, spreading gospel about these amazing two plays go see them uh i had a meeting the other day where we had to talk about what theater we were thankful for this year and i said dana h and is this a room and i mean it i I really mean it and so if you for some reason have not gotten your tickets and you want something to do before thanksgiving uh go see these plays you will not be sorry you will love them (laughs) go see these plays i have nothing else to add on to them On this note, let's get into some theater socials. Okay, I think you actually started this with your tweet, Christian. (laughs) Tick, tick, boom, company, spring awakening, all on 45th Street, happening the same day. History was made for theater Twitter. I think you and maybe Shoshana of B-Way Show started this, like showing the picture of every marquee happening on 45th Street. I take I take weird credit for starting this only because I live on 45th Street. So I like walked by oh, all three yeah. marquees on the way home. Um, but yeah, yeah it, was, it was a incredible. night. Tell me about your block. Like, how was that like? I'm not literally on that block. I'm uh, like cl- um, right on the corner of 9th so closer to Moulin Rouge, but I walked by before and after all of the shows. It was wild. As people probably heard on Twitter, there was a a bit of a a kerfuffle, if you will, with Spring Awakening getting people in the door. It took them 90 minutes to start. The show started 90 minutes late, so there was like a throng outside. There was just so much excitement about uh, Tick, Tick, Boom had like a more formal like red carpety thing because that was their opening. And then company, this was the real stunt. Producers are having a lot of fun and I love it. They lined the block after the show with like tons of people that they paid to hold giant like bushels of Mylar balloons. Like there was hundreds of them. And, <laughs> and when the actors came out of the stage door, they like threw confetti at them. And, and like just a little bit uh, down the block at Thoughts of a Colored Man, they put up a giant banner of Patti Lapone in Evita, and he said, like, welcome back to Broadway. It was a night, so much. It was a, a, bus- <laughs> a busy night for the block. Great energy. 
If you haven't seen that video of Patti Lapone coming out and getting confetti like shot at her, she was poor thing was very scared. Um, she was not into I, it. I, one I, bit. She was not into it. I think theater Twitter was laughing, but it was like she was not happy. We need to figure out another way to throw confetti so that Patti Lapone is okay with it because she was not okay. Honestly, just um, give her some confetti and let her throw it. <laughs> exactly. I mean, she's Patty. Let's not make her mad. No. <laughs> also, talking about big stunts, a music man Marquis was all over social media last week. And then the first look inside the rehearsal room, I know that I tweeted out there's a picture of Hugh Jackman with his luggage, like walking out. And I use that that photo to say stepping stepping into the weekend and (laughs) i've seen it come around a number of times and so music man is getting some big buzz people just have so many very funny things to say about the like marquee billboard because the old one didn't say the title of music man so people made fun of that a lot in a funny way and this one does but it doesn't have a comma so the whole billboard reads like Hugh Jackman in the Meredith Wilson spectacle ever best thing that's ever happened Music Man Sutton Foster like as if it's <laughs> one title we love that oh editors what's happening oh and and I loved that uh someone said that it's the exact same red from Hello Dolly <gasps> I didn't know this that I have to yeah. like look again now it's oh that's like, interesting <laughs> the color of revivals is that bright the color velvet of- red I'm actually, listen, I, my grandmother's, I say this often, my grandmother's favorite musical film is Music Man. And so because she cannot go back to the theater, um, I'm going to see it for her and report back to her. But literally that is her favorite musical film of like all time. She has said it countless times. And so I'm interested in seeing how they whatever they do with this show. But it's also Hugh Jackman. I mean... It, so, and it's Sutton Foster, excuse me. Oh, and, <laughs> I'm, oh, I'm oh. more excited for Sutton than for Hugh, but that's fine. <laughs> I was in Music Man as a child, and for whatever reason, a lot of shows that I was in as a child are having revivals right now. Like I just saw Assassins, which I was also <laughs> in as a kid, and I haven't seen either Assassins or Music Man since I was in them as a child. Annie as well, which we're having Annie live. So it's just a weird time for me to like revisit all things that I did as a small child. Also taking over social media, Diana, the musical is literally all over social media from myself having just seen it, Casey Mink, Deep, to so (laughs) many other people, literally so many people. Diana has really taken over and I cannot wait Christian for you to see it I know you're going are you going this week I'm going the Wednesday after Thanksgiving I'm excited I didn't think there was going to be so much buzz when it opened because there was already a whole round of buzz with the Netflix one but there is a whole buzz because now all the press people are seeing it in person and most of us are actually having a very fun time so I'm excited for Mm -hmm. that I'm obsessed with the person running their Twitter account that's like encouraging people Mm -hmm. to drink and it's like yeah. accepting that this is like a camp show that's like they literally tweeted like here for a good time not a long time like i'm into it <laughs> their theme drinks are really on point i had the prince and the prince is bourbon ginger ale and triple sec and it was really really good great way to start off diana i have to absolutely agree for whoever's running their social media 
you want to get a theme drink, go downstairs of the Long Acre, get your theme drink, come back upstairs, sit and have fun. It's literally a show that doesn't take itself seriously. They have said this multiple times and it comes across as just a good time. And it, I, it was one of the best nights of theater I've ever had. And I will say I, that often. I think it Twitter. joins the legacy of other shows that like were made great with a pregame drink, like Head Over mm-hmm. Heels and The Share Show and Mean Girls. That like oh. They knew what they were about. They were selling the alcohols and people were having a great time. At Head Over Heels, they were letting <laughs> people buy entire bottles of wine and take them to their seat. And like, that's how you do it. Oh, okay. I need a show like that. I'm so sad I didn't see Head Over Heels because I would have totally supported and bought an entire bottle of wine. <laughs> On that note, let's get into some fan Q&A. Thanksgiving is coming up. The holidays are coming up. What's a show that perfectly describes your family during Thanksgiving? Huh. So, like, I'm tempted to pick, like, one of the, like, the classic boring like white family sitting around a table discussing problem plays because <laughs> I have, I am that like Eugene O'Neill wrote plays about dysfunctional families in Connecticut. And that's uh, lovingly what some of mine is, but honestly, we're not like the same, like Eugene O'Neill, boring waspy, not talking about things. We're like very loud and Italian and like yell across the table to each other at Thanksgiving. So something more, <laughs> probably something more rambunctious, I guess like something maybe between like the humans and chicken and biscuits oh my god that is so funny because i was gonna say it's between chicken and biscuits and diana totally is my family mashed up in one i actually like there's i sometimes forget that chicken and biscuits is about a funeral it has nothing to do with thanksgiving because i think of it as a thanksgiving (laughs) play it totally is it totally is like that is family right there um there's just so much nuance i know theater people love that word but there is so much nuance in that play that captures everything from like the bouginess to the like really outspoken and the loud and the um obnoxious and i personally felt felt so much in in that show about family dynamics because if we get the like classic Eugene O'Neill waspy thing of like not talking about our issues like we even saw that in chicken and biscuits like the mm-hmm. like first lady of the church didn't want to talk about the drama but then other family members mm-hmm. did and I feel like chicken and biscuits gave us the whole spectrum of how family members deal with conflict in different ways about not talking about it screaming mm-hmm. about it going in the other room hiding smoking outside texting your boyfriend like <laughs> give us all the options all of the options totally so you heard it here first christian and i have the same family (laughs) before we wrap make sure to check out broadwaypodcastnetwork.com for new episodes including variety stagecraft with gordon cox chats with lynn nottage about her new play clyde's the theater podcast chats with julia murney about her latest career highlights Real Talk with Mason Bray chats with Douglas Lyons about chicken and biscuits and his illustrious career. Josh Swallows chats with Deborah Sperling about improv and her spectacular voice. Broadwasted meets up with Nathaniel Hill, Ryan Murphy, and Betsy Warble to talk wine, theater games, and bad puns. And BPN's hottest new podcast is the great Broadway game show competition, 
All the players who are Broadway, TV, and film living legends compete against each other to rediscover some of Broadway's greatest trivia, all in the name of charity. And can I give you something to watch this holiday? Based on the Tony Award-winning play about a family dinner you'll never forget, The Humans is in theaters and streaming on Showtime this Thanksgiving. Make sure to download our iOS app at bpn.fm app for early access to all these episodes and more. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of What's Up Broadway. You can learn more about What's Up Broadway at bpn.fm slash WUB and connect with us on Twitter at bwaypodnetwork. Send us a hot tip at bpn.fm slash hot tip. And please make sure you follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Leave us a rating and tune in next week for another episode of What's Up Broadway. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.